Welcome to another edition of Flea Market Fantasy, the world's second greatest Bronze Age era comic book podcast. Joining me as always is new Mike L, Kevin Jank. <laughs> well, I don't know if that actually applies here. Yes, Slash is not Flash. Slash is what we're doing here. And tell the kids what we're reading, Jake. Uh, we're going to be reading Slash Maraud, issue number one, 1987. That is correct. This was a yeah. six-issue limited series from um, DC Comics, and it was recommended for mature readers. Mm-hmm. This was right on the cover. Yeah, right. I think this is uh, like six <laughs> years before Vertigo started, where they did uh-huh. their little imprint with. So uh, this was like maybe planting the seeds for Vertigo, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, Watchmen come out by now, or at least started to. But uh, tell the kids how you heard about Slash Maraud. So Slash Maraud, we were debating last week when we first heard of this, but uh, I looked back and it was in the Shadow issue that we did, uh, the DC Comics version of the Shadow. There was an advertisement in the back, uh, towards the back of the book, that was talking about Slash Maraud. It just said, like, the Earth has five years left to live. Time to party or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's like a big party scene going on. Yeah. yeah. And there's like a guy in the front just kind of looking beleaguered and stuff like that. I'm like, this sounds interesting. So I put that on the list as, you know, something we definitely needed to check out one day. And I felt now was the time. Yeah, I'm glad you remembered it because I, I forgot all about it. But it was intriguing when we saw that ad. And uh, like I said, this is a six-issue limited series from Doug Mensch and Paul Galassi. And yeah. we'll get into them more later, but we've talked about that many times here on the show. And it's a post-apocalyptic world after an alien invasion. And I guess we'll get into all the details later, but this – uh Alien race is transforming the Earth, so it's more uh, hospitable to their kind of race. So yeah, terraforming it, I guess, is what you call it. And within five years, then humans will be extinct. They got because it'll yeah. be done, and they'll be screwed. <laughs> All right, so that's yep. what we're dealing with here today. But before we get into the book, let's remind everybody: if you're uh, watching us on YouTube, please like and subscribe. We're up to 116 subscribers, Jank. Ooh, look at that. Yeah, we picked up like five this week. distance of 500 now. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think, men, not, not many people at all are watching the Living Mummy video. So I don't, I, but yeah, we still picked up five. So we're happy. <laughs> people, people the hate the Living are catching Mummy. Up. What can you do? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, thanks. We appreciate the support. To his story. Yeah, it's terrible. I'm a big Living Mummy fan, but apparently I'm the only one. <laughs> but uh, again, thanks to everyone, and uh, we appreciate it. So, all right, Slash Maraud. Who's the the main character in this book, Jank? It's a guy named Slash. Yeah. <laughs> Slash Maraud. <laughs> yeah. That's his name. Turns out that the book title makes sense after all. I was worried. Yeah, he would, uh, he's kind of like uh, like uh, Kurt Russell in those Escape from yeah, New York. Yeah, Snake Plissken. Yeah, except he yeah, has both eyes. <laughs> yeah. Better than perception. He wears a trench coat. It's kind of got, got, got like a mullet, right? Is he, uh, is he got a mullet? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. yeah, he had that kind of the hair that everybody had. Even Superman would have this hair in a couple of years when he came back. To play. <laughs> hey, I had this hair when I was uh, playing hockey. <laughs> it was quite the look in the uh, early 90s. All right. So what else uh, should we talk about? Uh, Doug Mensch, I guess, because I said we've talked about these people many times over the years. But old Doug Mensch, we know him from Batman a lot. You know, he's yeah, a lot of Batman. long run on Batman. Yeah. And Paul Nightfall DeLacy. And kind of before then, I think. But, yeah. I always associate him with Nightfall. 
That's right. Yeah, Nightfall. And uh, Paul Galacy, we first encountered him on the show when we did the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, old Shang-Chi, uh, back in the 70s. And he uh, he loved Jim Steranko. And he's kind of like considered a Jim Steranko ripoff at first. But his style is very like graphic design-y, not very dynamic. It's more like flat and posy yeah. kind of looking. I remember I was very aggravated by his art <laughs> that Hands of Kung Fu issue. <laughs> But as he's gotten older, like you can see his style evolve. And I think what he does here is pretty good. We'll get into it later. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely been up and down in the things we've done with him. But yeah, this was pretty solid, I thought. We also, oh, I think he did that Elvira pinup, right? And that Elvira yeah. issue. I, I just thought of that. <laughs> One and, <some> chestnut. <laughs> and we also uh, know him from doing uh, Black Diamond, which is the Sybil Danning comic. And it's pretty clear that one of the characters in this book is just based on Sybil Danning, right? Especially on the cover. <laughs> like, that that's Sybil Danning on the cover. It looks exactly like her. <laughs> well, you may only know how to draw one lady's face, so. <laughs> and let's remind everybody who's never heard of Sybil Danning. One of, I was going to say our favorite B-movie actresses, but I don't know. I, she's <laughs> definitely mine. I don't know. You always make jokes about her. But, no, no, uh, she's, she's so Donna Spear. I, she at least has her moments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another one of my favorites. But uh Civil Danning, Battle Beyond the Stars, uh Malibu Express, they're playing with fire. I think she's in fire, Caged yep. Heat. We haven't watched Caged Heat yet. We need to watch that oh, immediately. We'll find that one. Phantom Empire yeah. where she throws a spear at a dinosaur. That was great. <laughs> she was in the TV show V uh the first time around. And also uh, in her older age, she uh owns a German hockey team. So she's a woman after my heart. Yeah, remember we talked about that? <laughs> yeah, I forgot that little aspect ideal of ideal woman. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> she led him to a championship, too. So good on you, Sybil Danning. Good on you. <laughs> but, yeah, the lady on the cover is clearly Sybil Danning. I always do research on these books, you know? Mm -hmm. Usually that research, in quotes, involves me going to Wikipedia. Yep. This Maybe, like, even a DC fandom page if, if necessary. Yes, yeah, but. And then occasionally I'll Google up, see if there's interviews with creators I can read, learn some uh, deeper stuff. But this book doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. No. <laughs> Nothing. No. And the DC fandom page, like, just lists the, the issues. Like, issues number one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> That's six. That's it. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> That's all the information I have available. <laughs> I was able to find a couple other websites, like blogs and stuff, talking about it. But they don't really talk anything other than just what's in the book, you know, like, there's no real background on the title, how it was created, why it was created, you know, and I <laughs> I couldn't really find anything about it. So, yeah, Slash Mirage. This is it. Kind of a mystery. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. I saw there was some website was talking about an interview with both Doug Mench and Paul. Oh, Lee, but then I could never actually find where that interview was. I was going to say I'd like to read that. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> nope. Can't I think it was like it. a podcast or something, but I couldn't find the podcast. Like, why is there not a link to the podcast? <laughs> that would have been helpful. Yeah, so not a lot of background here for Slash Mirage. So what we're saying is we're just wasting time because this episode is going to be really short. There's nothing <laughs> yep. to really talk all about. All we have is the, the tome of the book, and that's it. So, all right, Jake, let's just get right into it, I guess. Why don't you <laughs> describe the cover for us? <laughs> Uh, so it's a very interesting cover. They all have the same kind of format, all six issues. Um, this is like the most colors. 80s cover ever. Like, yes, that's why I like it You can't it get so more much. 80s than this cover. <laughs> yep, it's got a very Miami Vice feel for something that's set in an yes. apocalyptic future. 
it's uh, it's got the, the corner box where it's got the DC and all that stuff suggested for mature readers. But then a big chunk of the page is just kind of this light blue background and uh, kind of a, a reddish pinkish uh, font. So slash Murad, and he's got a big slash under it, like underlining the his name. And then we got a picture, like a framed picture, kind of in the middle bottom of the page. That's the actual cover itself. Uh, it says a six part miniseries by Mention Galacy. And then we got Slash Murad standing in front of a brick wall. And uh, he's got his scarf. And he's smoking a dart. And uh, he's holding a gun. <laughs> and uh, there's, there's a lot of graffiti behind him. And then he's got his lady, uh, old Wild Blue there, sitting on a Rob motorcycle. He's a and bat. that is clearly bat. Sybil Danning on a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you give her dye her hair blue, I can see it. <laughs> and... The uh, costume she has is like a, a zebra print outfit. On the yeah. cover, it looks pink and black, but it's white and black. Everything's just colored like haze pink here on the cover. And uh, look on the uh, the graffiti behind Old Slash. There's a swastika. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> want to put that on the cover, but all right. <laughs> Apparently, once the aliens come, the Nazis make a comeback. <laughs> it's a bold choice. And uh, what else does it say? West Side Rules, Chino 99. Oh, someone likes pants. <laughs> white fuzz yeah because the aliens in this book they're called the shapers i believe and mm-hmm. uh they look like muppets kind of like fuzzy headed <laughs> yeah. little elmos <laughs> yeah this is definitely something you would have seen in the star wars cantina somewhere for sure now in one of those blogs i read it said that they took the the aliens can you know they can be any shape they want so they took those shapes when they're around humans, I guess to seem less threatening. Although they are, they are jerks. These aliens. Yeah, they, they sure are. They are just awful people. Well, awful aliens. <laughs> so I don't know. But then you know, there's a scene in here where it's just aliens around aliens, and they're still looking like these little muppets. So I don't know if that's yeah, true. That's true. What I read. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Um, it's a weird look. Uh, they kind of. When they don't have their mouths open, it doesn't look like they even have mouths. <laughs> like they seal up yeah. so perfectly that they like a muppet like, with his mouth closed. Just, yeah, <laughs> Grover yeah. or Elmo. Or, it's yeah. like no line or seam. It's just nope, closed. Yeah, and they're all fuzzy. So the humans who are resisting them call them fuzzes. You know, all those yeah. stupid fuzzes. And if you're a human that supports the aliens, you're called a fuzz licker. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly literally, judging by what's going on. Yeah, there are there is some fuzz looking going on in this book. (laughs) That's why it's for mature readers. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, there's also like a reggae band made with monkey men, right? Did you see that? (laughs) Yep. I figured you'd enjoy that part. (laughs) (laughs) At least I read it was a reggae-ish band. I don't know. You can't hear. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to tell. When I always hate when you see lyrics for some unknown band in like a comic, and you're like, I don't know how this is supposed to sound. Why is this even here? (laughs) I believe I heard one of those blogs say it was a reggae something, reggae rock or something. I don't know. But uh, anyway, all right. So there's the cover. This cover, it's pretty great. It's just you see this, you're like, holy hell! Like you said, Miami Vice mixed with like his Escape from New York movie, and yeah. But what what do you think the deal was with him wearing a scarf? I don't know. That is a good point. Like, it seems like it's a very tropical place. He's in Vegas. <laughs> he's in like the weird tropical dinosaur desert. Well, that, so well, it, in, like, in, but he is in Vegas. But it's snowing purple snow in Vegas. That is true. Yeah, I guess he just doesn't want to catch a cold. Yeah. <laughs> so 
functional. <laughs> it's not a very intimidating look, though, this scarf. Maybe he was a fan of that one Doctor Who who always had a scarf. Sorry, there's the cover. And now we open it up. Beautiful Blues, I guess, is the title of this issue. Mm-hmm. And the first thing we see is like a giant uh, dinosaur skeleton. Yeah. Now, that raises some questions. <laughs> it sure does. I guess uh, the aliens, they're re- like, what do you call it? Terraforming? Is that what you called it? Yeah, terraforming. Yeah, so they're changing the planet. So I guess now dinosaurs and giant lizards are rolling around <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, I, I did not expect this going in. I just thought, you know, the world's going to die. They're having a party. But nope, they, they're completely changing what the world is like in these last five years, too. Like, yeah, things yeah. are quite different than what you would yeah, expect. Yeah, the beginning of this book is not what I expected. No, not at all. like five or six pages of this. It's like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> there's a there's a guy on a motorcycle. There's dinosaurs. Uh, there's all kind of and it's a high tech motorcycle because he's got like computers on it and everything. And he's getting some little alert, a little a zeet, 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 some little alerts going off. And uh, he says, uh, shoot, he puts on his little goggles and he goes riding in. Says, what's going on here, Jank? Why is he getting a little alert? Uh, so there's a guy on the ground who's just kind of wearing a baseball hat. Uh, and he's just kind of L.A. Dodgers hat. Attacked by a dinosaur. Dodgers. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. The Dodgers are still around, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Did they say what year this is? I don't know. It seems like the alien invasion has already been going on for a while, but they have five years from this point, they think. So I don't know how long it's been since uh, the, the aliens first showed up. But like, is this set in eighty, like in a an imaginary nineteen eighty seven, or is it supposed to be like two thousand and something? Or? Um, yeah, they don't really ever say. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember either. But anyway, yeah, there's like dinosaurs now running around. And mm-hmm. They're little ones, not a gigantic one, I guess. Well, I mean, there's a, that giant skeleton, so you got to assume that. But that was in the foreground, so it's tough to get a oh, okay. uh, scale, yeah. thing, you know? Like, That's true. Because he's in the background, so who knows? But, uh, yeah, like, uh, what are the ones in Jurassic Park, the Velociraptor kind of deals? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say it's a little bit bigger and fatter than that, but, yeah. Yeah, so this dinosaur is chasing after this guy in the Dodgers hat. Yeah. And, uh, so This, I mean, this purple dinosaur may have been the precursor to Barney. Barney may never have had this dinosaur. <laughs> but old, uh, our old buddy Slash Maraud, you know, he's a reluctant hero. He doesn't want He's like, why am I even bothering saving this guy? But he is a hero. So he does mm-hmm. do the right thing. Yeah, because he's a hero. So he has to do it. Now, how does he save him, Jank? Uh, well, he drives his motorcycle through essentially a minefield. There's like these weird brown spots on the ground that apparently if you, you step on them or anything like that, they uh, they shoot out their tentacles. Uh, these things are alive, and they have, like, tentacles with suckers in them that just kind of attack you. So he lures the dinosaur there, and then they start attacking the dinosaur and taking him down. So clearly, this is one of the changes the aliens have made. Because here in western <laughs> Pennsylvania, there are no <laughs> holes like tentacles coming up. So I'm guessing that I don't get out much, though. It's just so. holes full of bees that you have to take care of in your yard. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I did have to do that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the tentacles come out of the holes, grab the dinosaur. And that uh, that guy in the Dodgers hat, he's all thankful, you know. Hey, thanks for saving me, buddy. But this guy seems uh, all oatmeal north of the eyebrows. This guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those guys. Like if this was The Walking Dead, you'd be looking at this guy real suspicious <laughs> right away. And for whatever reason, our hero there, Slash, he just says, "All right, yeah, hang around with me, I guess." Yeah, not he. He doesn't really want to. Like this guy just kind of won't leave and won't shut up. So he's just like, "All right, whatever." Yeah, he just kind of cuts just... off his 
the just the tip of this thing's the dinosaur's tail. I guess you're going to eat that. Well, yeah, now he eats some meat. Field. So he hacks off the tail, and he says, all right, you can eat my uh, dinosaur tail with me, buddy. And they make a campfire, and they're roasting the uh, meat over the fire. And here's where we get the exposition field in. This guy's telling us all this uh, about how, you know, the world's changing, you know, these damn aliens and everything. And he, and he asks, hey, where are you? He's throwing all this, like, future slang at you, and you're like, you're not you, – it's kind of hard to follow, but it's just intriguing yeah. enough that you're like, oh, I guess this will make sense eventually. And it pretty much does. So I appreciate it. But this it. guy was annoying the hell out of me here at the beginning. Yes. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I did not like this guy very much. And uh, old uh, Slash is like, he's like, where are you going, Slash? He's like, I'm going to Vegas. And he's like, hey, that's the old, uh, that's right, the old, uh, how does he say, like the epicenter of the uh, aliens or whatever. They're like all centered in Vegas. For this yeah. entire area. Yeah, he's like, you better be careful. And he's like, hey, you're not a fuzz licker, are you? And uh, Slash says, uh, you know, hey, hey, what's it to you, you know? And yeah, this guy gets real mad. Yeah, this uh, guy's a real creep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's very angry at the fuzzes. He's He hates them because they killed his wife and kids, I believe. Uh, so yeah, apparently like, what these aliens do is they come in and they round up humans. I saw a clip from a later. Did you read any other issues? Uh, I looked through them. I didn't actually read them. Yeah, well, I just, I uh, one like, of those, one of those websites I was reading, they shared a clip from one of the future issues. And I guess what they, these aliens do is they round up humans, strip them naked, and walk them off planks into giant vats of acid or whatever, and like dissolve their bodies into certain minerals, you know, the minerals and stuff that they need. So, yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's what happened to this guy's family. So yeah, he's kind of upset. And I did see that. why. Yeah. So what does, uh, Slash say exactly that gets him mad? It's very weird. <laughs> He's like, yeah, what's the matter? Maybe you are a fuzz licker or something, huh? You like the Shapers Cowboy? And Slash says, they're okay as rugs. Then maybe it's me you don't like. Is that it? You're getting oh, warmer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know. This guy's just angry at the at the world and has decided to now take it out on Slash. Yeah, because this guy won't shut up. He just keeps talking a lot. <laughs> and Slash is getting annoyed by it, just like we all are. And he's like, yeah, you know, you might. I may not getting warmer. But I think yeah. he's referring to the fact that the guy is practically standing in the fire. <laughs> well, I think he also means, yeah, I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the guy is uh, getting close there and uh, to the fire. Really good, and yeah. uh, so this guy just, just, you know, he's getting really mad. So he takes out a knife. He's going to jump right at old uh, Slash Maraud. But Slash is eating his dinosaur tail on a knife. So yep. when this guy jumps on him, Slash just sticks the knife up right to the guy's belly. Kills him. There goes his dinner. All yeah. covered in blood now. So he hops on his motorcycle with his red scarf blowing in the breeze, and <laughs> he uh, he drives off. There's lightning crack in the background. Snow. They yeah, want to let us know that yes, this purple snow is not like an artistic effect. This is the actual snow is purple. Yep, not just yeah. colored weird. Them damn fuzzes. They like purple snow, I guess. So now we cut to Vegas and we see uh, three nuns walking down with a placard that says Meet Thy Maker. But you see all the stuff in the background, like the normal Vegas kind of stuff, casinos, girls, you know, strip joints and whatnot. Dollar twenty nine. That's pretty good. <laughs> and then in the next panel, we see uh, the nuns getting gunned down in the street. <laughs> just someone <laughs> someone off panel just shoots them and murders them all. It's a tough town this Vegas. <laughs> It usually is, but yeah, I would imagine in a post-apocalypse, even it's going to be even tougher. They're just murdering nuns, and uh, th- then we see uh, the Monkey Man Band. Yeah, 
These guys are pretty great. <laughs> quite the, quite the stylistic choice. I'm surprised nobody has done this in real life. I think the monkeys would have been all over this. Yeah, it doesn't really look like a reggae band at all. They've got two guitars and a drummer. Yeah, where's, <laughs> where's the kettle drum? <laughs> uh, it's basically Nirvana, when you think about it. <laughs> the bass player, yeah. guitarist, and a drummer. All right. But yeah, this is inside the club or wherever they're going. Yeah, Slash is going to see uh, Wild Blue. Uh, we don't know what Wild Blue is at this point. He just made a yeah. reference to when Wild Blue calls. Wild Blue, yeah. Yeah, you go. So uh, in this club, it's kind of like another orgy scene from that uh, zombie book almost. Holy crud, it's a, an orgy. <laughs> <laughs> got a, like we see a stripper with a, uh, almost bare ass right to us in the camera and a bunch of other strippers dancing. This is why it's for mature readers. Yeah, just everybody having a good time here in this in this club. But you know who's really having a good time? Them fuzzes. <laughs> yep, they get their it's, pick. It's filthy fuzzes. They're kind of. How would you describe how they dress? It's almost like uh, they got like robes or something. But it almost looks like the Beatles and Sergeant Pepper's. I don't. Know. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, yeah, they got fancy uh, like yeah tapes and weird little armor. And uh, they have uh, ladies, uh, you know, like the strippers are just uh, begging to be with these fuzzes, you know, because oh. yeah, they're fuzz lickers. <laughs> who knew that fuzzes were so into human ladies? I mean, who could resist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now we see uh, old uh, Slash outside in the purple snow. He's coming off his motorcycle, and uh, but he takes a gun out of his little uh, yeah. compartment there. He and, sees uh, the dead nuns, and he's like, innocent penguins. <laughs> Blues Brothers throwing back <laughs> on the Penguins. And, but he knows, yeah, there's going to be trouble, you know. I'm going to take my gun with me and my scarf. And uh, he's walking to the club, and there's a sexy lady kind of dressed like Typhoid Mary looking with the stockings yeah. on it. And, uh, but then you see, oh, her face is all messed up. So it's because these fuzzes, they're rough. Yeah. Is that what happened here? They beat her up? Yeah, yeah I'm guessing so. Yeah, in the next yeah. panel, they're they're walking a guy around on a chain. Like his underpants. <laughs> Mature readers. <laughs> yeah, these fuzzes are weird, man. Yeah, they're in some uh, weird stuff. So, and then there's another big uh, fat guy with a bone in his hair and completely <laughs> naked, I guess. Like caveman. Yeah, he's got like a caveman toga. And he's trying to uh, grab a lady fuzz, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lady fuzz walking around with a martini. Yeah, the lady fuzz, like Slash is worried that she's going to come over and try to hit on him, but. Luckily, this caveman fat guy just shows up and gets a, you know, intercepts her. Yeah, so basically, these fuzzes are just hu- using humans for their sexual pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Stan fuzzes. <laughs> so, uh, it's a party than I initially thought this was going to be. Like, I thought everyone's just, you know, partying it up because the world's ending. But no, they're kind of being forced to party. <laughs> well, yeah, I think some of them are just, I think it's a little bit of both. Like, yeah. I think some of yeah. them are just like the world's ending. Let's just say, oh, well, let's have sex with the fuzz. <laughs> I guess let's do that. But then the fuzz is also. My bucket list. <laughs> yeah, they're also like, yeah, we're just going to make you do this stuff. But some humans can coexist there with the fuzzes because old uh, Slash sits down at a table and here comes Sybil Danning over to wait on him. And, and this is what this is Wild Blue. Yeah, you know, this is this is who you want to get the call to. But she takes his order. And then he says, yeah, I'm going up uh, to a room upstairs or something. She tells him what room to go to, you know. So Slash is meeting Old Wild Blue. 
and I want to point out also in this club scene, the coloring in this is very, very good. Like, uh, <laughs> everything's like reds and pinks and it's pretty yeah, awesome. I can't tell that Wild Blue actually has blue hair yet, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah, all in red. Great. Yeah. Who did the coloring on this? Was this Gulacy or let me go back here real quick. He's credited as the art. Oh, the colorist is Adrian Wah or Roy. I'm going to go with Wah, like Patrick Wah. Yeah, all around, actually, the coloring is pretty great. It's all very solid and very cool looking. Yeah, even the campfire scene was awesome. A lot of heavy blacks and uh, just the light of the campfire. So, All right, so uh, he goes upstairs to a room, and Wild Blue follows him up, and she brings a drink. And we realize, oh, yeah, she's Wild Blue. She's got the blue hair, zebra-striped outfit, and he's uh, talking to her. And we get the sense that, you know, they've known each other for a while. There may have been a little something between them in the past, you know, mm-hmm. one of them deals. But uh, why did she call out to uh, old um, Slash to come see her, Jank? What's going on? So basically she tells him that, uh, suppose you've heard that the final stage of our planet's redecoration will not only make the Earth a paradise for shapers, but will also render it uninhabitable to us puny humans. Yeah. She starts asking, you, Are you, so you're one of the people who stands up to these guys. He's like, I'm not going to fight a dumb fight, you know, that I can't win. Uh, but she starts telling him that there is a guy, I can't pronounce his name, none of us can, but he's known as Dr. X, supposedly an alien Einstein of biology and the master of eugenics behind the whole reshaping of Earth. Don't tell me he wants to make amends. Like Einstein, he's seen his glorious work turn to hideous ends. His home world was dying, polluted and overpopulated, and here was a chance to shape like a god for an, an entire new world for his race. And so he's kind of, this Dr. X supposedly has changed his mind a little bit, and he wants to help humans stop the uh, the shapers here. Yeah, he feels bad that uh, the shapers are treating the humans like this. Mm-hmm. He never intended, like, to, I guess, you know, exterminate all humans. So he's like, oh, all right, I want to stop my work here. Help do what's right. <laughs> and now. Humans to help me out. Yeah, and, and the old Slash says, well, you know, how do how do we know what he looks like? And she's like, well, that's the thing is that, you know, no one knows what he looks like. But she unscrews a lid for a bottle, and there's a picture. of She goes, hey, he kind of looks like this at the moment. It's just a human guy with the mustache and stuff. Yeah. He's a he shaper. He looks like this. Yeah, yeah, he can be whatever he wants. <laughs> and But, you know, so the fact that she has this picture on a bottle cap, it's like, this is real top secret stuff. You know, you got to be real careful. <laughs> or, uh, them shapers catch wind of this. They're yep. going to kill us, you know? Uh, so he says, well, you know, I'll think, I'll give it some thought, you know? Yeah, give me an hour, I'm gonna go think about it. And she lights up a dart too when they're talking. She's a yeah. And before he leaves, she, uh, she kisses him, you know? She's like, mm-hmm. here's something to help you think. <laughs> and then, uh, He's like, you he can't bribe me. <laughs> and, uh, so he goes downstairs to think it over. And so then we cut to the, uh, the fuzzes on their spaceship. And like there are some new still looking very fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, still fuzzy looking. And they're coming to Earth because apparently they need someone to run the show because they're they're upset with what's going on in Vegas. They don't think it's being run properly, this operation. Like uh the fuzzes down there who are controlling things and they're kinda like, you know, uh playing grab ass with the humans. <laughs> and they're like yeah, well, you're not killing nearly enough humans. Yeah. <laughs> we need a sterner hand here, you know? So these guys are coming down to hash it out with the people who are running Vegas or the fuzzes who are running Vegas. And then we get a shot of like what the what the world looks like now. And just like New York City's overgrown with in like a jungle kind of thing. And 
Uh, cities are flooded. Flooded, like apparently even up to the top of the Sears Tower. <laughs> and some cities just have weird crystals everywhere. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what that's about. It looks like Martinex <laughs> from the Guardians of the Galaxy. Totally, yeah. The same kind uh-huh. of like weird rainbowy colors, yeah. And then we cut back to the casino again, or the club, the nightclub we were at before, and we see another human lady like feeding lizards to a fuzz. <laughs> and this that lady could cool use a razor. <laughs> With the, uh, the, the shot, the side shot of his face, like that was, look pretty cool. Yeah. Very Muppety, but yeah, very cool. And it doesn't look like this lady's shaving under her arms. So no. that's, maybe that's a thing Fuzz is like. They, uh, <laughs> they are Fuzzes after all. Yeah, they enjoy that. And, uh, so that the new Fuzzes who just arrived, you know, the hardcore guys, they show up and they're talking to these other Fuzzes and like, Hey, what's going on here? You know, and this, the fuzz who's kind of running things, he's got a lady on his lap at the moment, you know, eating lizards. And he's like, yeah, I'm living it up. What's it to yeah. you? <laughs> Basically, he's just like, you know, give it some time. You know, when we got here, we were murdering oh, yeah. humans too. But there's just too many of them. You know, like, what's the point? <laughs> just, there's just yeah, five years, they're all going to be dead anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah, who cares? Why are we trying so hard? <laughs> Let's just live it up. You know, have some fun. Relax. Let your fuzz hang down, you know? <laughs> Just relax. <laughs> so these guys yeah, are like... This guy's attitude. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty Typical great. office work. Yeah. So I was a big <laughs> fan of that. And uh, so these new fuzzes are still not happy. And no. uh, But but even the, the fuzzes who are just having fun, you know, like the one waitress is late with his drink. He just shoots her in the chest and kills her. Yeah. I don't know if he's trying to, like, posture for the new guys. Like, <laughs> hey, look, I got my finger on the... On the uh, the whip here. Yeah, so this poor lady just gets murdered. But these fuzzes, that's what they are. They're just, they have no respect for human life at all. You know, they just use them and, and uh, they can exterminate them like stepping on a bug at any time. They just don't care. So these fuzzes are still debating things. But uh, the one. Yeah, the new fuzzes are like, well, like if we, you know how many fatalities, like fuzz fatalities we've had recently? Like you could have stopped that by doing this. It's like how many would we have lost if we would have gone after the humans in force? Like, Way more, probably. So it's like most of the humans are too scared to actually attack us. So not that big a deal. The new fuzz who just showed up, he just turns around and he's got like a TV remote control, but it uh, shoots lasers out and he just eradicates some uh, some more people in the club. And, you know, just to blow off some steam, I guess, you know, he's like, I want to kill these people anyway. He's like, I'm in charge. This is how it's going to be. I'm just going to keep murdering people pretty much. Yeah, and again, his uh, his language is in little brackets, like we talked about that. You know, so we can read it even though it's spoken in alien English or alien language or whatever. But anyway, yeah. So he says, yeah, we're we're making changes here, and he walks off. But the other fuzz who uh, had the other lady on his lap, he just turns and grabs the nearest human lady he sees, and uh, just starts Frenching her right there. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah, that dead lady, like no big loss there. Her kisses reeked. Let's see how yours are. <laughs> an old slash maraud he's been watching this whole time you know yeah he we see him walking up the stairs he doesn't do anything about it though but we see him walking up the stairs and he's drinking a bottle he opens the door and we see uh old uh wild blue's uh sexy uh outline there against the window and he's like all right wild blue he's like yeah i got an answer for you she still has his back to him but he hauls off and hits her over the head with a bottle <laughs> he smashes her that's not no. wild blue who is that? Uh, it's Bird Brain from the New Mutants. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's, that's exactly what it looked like. No, it's a fuzz. It's a filthy yeah. fuzz. 
disguised with loud blue. Oh man, <laughs> that is crazy. So old, uh, I, I keep wanting to call him Snake. Like, uh, yeah, I can see why. Yeah, they're very <laughs> similar characters. Yeah, well, Flash kind of loads his machine gun into her several times in the chest. Uh, yeah. she goes flying into a closet and then still is alive. Uh, so these things are pretty tough, apparently. And she starts gra- trying to grab the broken bottle. Uh, she's gonna attack Slash from behind, who is no longer looking. <laughs> like, he's like, well, I shot her. I guess job's done. <laughs> yeah, he thinks people are gonna hear the gunshots and come up the stairs, you know? So yeah. he's like going to the door to gun them down while they come up the stairs. But yeah, she's sneaking up behind him with the bottle. But, uh, Sybil Danning, the real Sybil Danning's in the closet. Yeah. She had been tied up and gagged, and I guess tied unconscious, because why wasn't she making noise earlier? But um, <laughs> she comes out of the closet, and the old uh, Slash just turns around and guns down the Muppet lady, <laughs> the fuzz the lady Fuzz. But there's Blue right behind her. He could have easily murdered Blue, too, in this moment. Yeah. And then there's a very strange panel where it looks like Blue and the Fuzz are, like, scissoring, but I think she's <laughs> her out the window. Yeah, Blue's... <laughs> Blue's got her hands tied behind her back, but she like uh, kicks, karate kicks her with her right leg, and the fuzz's left leg is up in there, and they're both in zebra print outfits, so it's pretty cool, <laughs> like the way that is. And then, yeah, yeah the, the fuzz goes out the window. Old Blue's there, you know, hey, on time or whatever. And uh, the <laughs> fuzz is downstairs, hear all the noise of the fu- everything, and uh, they look out the window and they see uh, the fuzz splattered in the purple snow. And then she says, uh, how did you know? You know, how did you know? And he says, uh, doesn't he say something about the kiss? It wasn't. Yeah, her kiss. kiss is reeked. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing with the, uh, the shapers are saying. <laughs> did he really say the exact same thing? I can't even remember. Yep. Yep, sure did. <laughs> uh, so now the uh, the shapers, the fuzzes, they want to come up the stairs. Now, this is a little weird because they're coming up the stairs and uh, – Old Slash says, I got a plan. Don't you worry. And he puts this little metal like gadget down beside the door. Yeah. And then when the uh, fuzzes blow open the door and they come in, he he waits for them to get real close. And then he shoots the thing on the ground. And then that blows up. So, <laughs> yeah, like I guess that makes sense. Because the guys yeah. are coming through the door like they could have shot him already or he could have just shot them as they came through the door. But instead he shoots the little gadget. <laughs> Or maybe put it on the door, and then once they're at the door, you blow it up. But So it blows up, and it uh, kills those little fuzzes. And it also puts a hole in the ground, right? Yeah. So they jump through the <laughs> hole in the ground. And what do they what do they land on? <laughs> well, it turns out in the club below, they have a giant panda in a cage, in like a bamboo cage. <laughs> they land right on top of it. And uh seems to be spooking the panda pretty good. He's not having this. So he might be going on a rampage next issue, it seems like. Yeah, because next issue, just in time for the Habiline Whalers second set. Oh, that's a band. Yeah. The, the band's Whalers. coming back. That's all right. Pandemonium is next issue. So, yeah, yeah. giant panda. So there <laughs> it is. That's how it ends. Just yeah, that's, that's a solid first issue. You covered a lot of ground in this one. They jump through the floor onto a giant panda. Yeah. <laughs> so there's Slash Marauder. How'd you feel about Doug Minch's writing here? I thought it was pretty solid. Um, this is kind of a textbook example, I think, of how you would do a story like this. Uh, you start off with like your 
your kind of outside world where your hero encounters a random guy, does something heroic. You kind of you start to like him already. Like, oh, he, look, you saved this guy. But even though that guy turns out to be kind of creepy and he has to kill him anyway. But still, it sets up the world, sets out what's going on with the dinosaurs and stuff like that. And then you kind of get into the meat of it. There's like a there's some actual hope. You set that up that there may be hope to, you know, forestall the end of the world here. And that's their mission is to go and try to find this guy. So I thought it set it all up very well, and it actually, you know, seems like a story I might want to finish. I don't know that I'll ever have time to do it, but I liked it. I agree with you. No complaints for me. Um, like I said, I love the bit about the fuzzes on Earth. You were just slacking off and like, just enjoy, you know? Yeah. So, that very was pretty great. <laughs> but I also like how, like, savage and uh, merciless these fuzzes are. You know, they'll just murder people without a second thought. And even though they look all goofy. Yeah. How how do you feel about them looking like uh, little Muppets? <laughs> you know what? It's unique enough that I like it. I don't really have any complaints. You don't see a lot of aliens that look like this. So that's that's cool. It's hard to come up with a new design. I'm sure even by the 80s, like a lot of things had been done. But um, yeah, I yeah, kind of like it. It's, it's, I it's think the two, the more standard ways to go to be like a goofy or, or an alien looking like a, a lizard looking alien or something like a scary looking alien, or you have one that's only slightly different than human, but maybe a different skin color. But to have like a fuzzball head looking like a Muppet, never would have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unique, especially like at that one side panel where he's eating the lizard. I was like, this looks really cool. I wish they actually saw their mouths more. <laughs> uh, how do you like uh, old Slash Murad as a hero? Uh, so far, so good. I like him. He's kind of the, you know, reluctant hero. Uh, that kind of, you know, Han Solo type trope, I guess, almost, where he just, he's like, eh, I guess I'll do this. But <laughs> it's not really his thing. But I thought he was pretty likable. I like that he's willing to help people. And, you know, he's also kind of wary of him at the same time. So I feel like that's a fitting hero for this type of apocalyptic, uh, you know, world. And I like Wild Blue, you know, Sybil Dan and yeah. Kitty. So I'm a fan of that. And a great outfit. I can't, I, like I don't him. know about, I don't know about Slash's scarf. <laughs> he could lose the scarf for sure. No one would that's miss a, that. The only real complaint. And again, I really didn't like the thing with the door. That was weird, but, um. <laughs> All right, but otherwise, yeah, no Setting up for a Home Alone type trap, you know. Yeah, got to do. Yes. All right, so what about Paul Gulacy's art? Um, I thought it was very good. Of the Paul Gulacy art we've seen, uh, this may be the best. I would say, like, I would the agree. Faces were all very good, especially those monkey men. Those monkey men yeah. in the band like looked great. <laughs> that really like, impressed me. Yeah, all around this, this felt like a classier prestige type of book. So uh, I really appreciated his artwork here. But, you know, like you said, the coloring is great in all the scenes. It's all very, like, very colorful and very bright and vibrant. And, um, yeah, it's just great. Yeah, the coloring is awesome. <laughs> we always, I always point to Marie Severn in Claws of the Cat. <laughs> but uh, that's number one. This would probably be the second best color book we've encountered in all the years of flea market fans. Yeah. I just like when people do unique things with the coloring. Because uh, usually in comic books, coloring is almost like an afterthought, it seems like. No yeah. one really puts too much thought into it. Uh, but, yeah, you can tell they're going for atmosphere and uh, moods and stuff with the coloring. So it's uh, pretty cool. Big this fan of that. Stylized. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I will say this is my favorite Galacia I've ever read. Usually I'm not a huge fan because, 
like I said, his stuff looks flat and posed and not like dynamic. That's just his style, you know, it's just what he does. So uh, I'm more classic comic book, like uh, Bissima, that kind of stuff. But uh, I like this a lot. This was very well done, I thought. There's only a few panels where I thought, oh, what is going on here? But um, <laughs> overall, overall, I like it. I mean, it's good lacy, so, but, you know, I liked it. It's not the greatest thing you'll ever see, but it's it's really damn solid, I would say, for the most part. Yeah. All right, so what do you think here? One out of ten for um, Like I said, I really actually would be curious to see how this all pans out. So I think I'm going to give it a nine. Um, oh, look at you. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it really it really did suck me in. So um, I think I'm going to have to give it a nine. Uh, I'll probably go eight. But it's a solid eight. Metch's writing was good. It just seemed like there was a little something missing, though. You know, a little something. Like uh, sl- uh, Slash Maraud, he's the reluctant hero, but... I don't know if he had that charisma or that uh, spark that would make me want to follow him, you know, on adventure. He seems kind of bland. <laughs> That's true. He doesn't have, like, a lot of – he's just kind of hanging back, not getting involved, and so there's no one for him to, like, talk to in the bar, like a, you know, a yeah. sassy remarks to or something yeah, like that. Yeah, no snappy comebacks, no, like, yeah. uh, really intimidating quotes or something, something, like, cool about him. He's just kind of floating through this and – um you know, yeah, there's but, no moment like from uh, They Live where, you know, Roddy Roddy Piper's just like, I've come here to kick yes. ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if I'm sold on him, but I like Wild Blue. Uh, Golosi's not one of my favorite artists or anything, but I thought he did a good job here. And the coloring was awesome by Adrian Waugh. So, yeah, so eight for me is pretty solid. That's yeah. that's high praise. I agree so, with that. And it's honestly surprising people haven't talked more or interviewed the the guys about this series more. Yeah, more I don't know what it is either. Like, it's only six issues. It's pretty uh, daring for DC to be doing stuff like this in 1987, right? Like, just the tone of this book and the... I guess this is why they created Vertigo, though, so they do more of this kind of stuff. It certainly worked out. Yeah, this one kind of got lost as, like, the grandfather, I guess. Yeah, it is so pretty crazy, like... I, you never hear this book mentioned ever. No. So. <laughs> they don't even want to talk about it on their own website. <laughs> so <laughs> that's bizarre. There's never been like so, a reboot or like, oh, let's go back to the Slash Barad world or anything like that. So that makes me wonder if maybe the subsequent five issues don't follow up so well. You know? Yeah, that could be. Because <laughs> I, I remember I got got with the uh, Electro Assassin. I I swooned for that first issue of Electro Assassin, that limited series, you know, and then yeah, uh, <laughs> it all went downhill quick after that. Not so maybe, so great. maybe the same thing happens here. Um, it could be. I mean, yeah. I looked at it. It seems pretty consistent. I didn't have time to read it all, but sorry, right, there it is. Slash Maraud. Go ahead and check it out. There, it's worth a. Yeah, it's worth experiencing. Step. Yeah. Slash Maraud. All right, so next week. What do you uh, got next? Yeah, we're going to go. Uh, man, I'm still at DC. It's another DC book. Hey, now. I've done nothing but DC lately. I've read more, way more Marvel, you know, so there's a lot in DC yeah. I've never heard of or never experienced. So what the hell? We'll live it up. But I mentioned this book a couple weeks ago. We're going to go Secret Society of Supervillains, issue 10 from 1977. Okay. Did you ever hear of the Secret Society of Supervillains? 
Um, not except for you mentioning it the other week. <laughs> yeah, I, I never knew this was a thing. I think it was around for like 15 issues or so. And it's just a bunch of supervillains getting together, uh, doing wacky hijinks. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> it's like and the I real think, world. Supervillains. They all live in a house and people and video. I, like some issues have like Superman stuff in it, but I think the main recurring hero in these books is a fellow named Comet Man, I think. <laughs> But, like, uh, some of the villains we're dealing with here in this issue, I think, man, like, uh, Grod, uh, Grod, the big gorilla, I think. Gorilla Grod, yeah, all right. Getting some more monkeys. Yeah. So, <laughs> gotta get some more monkeys in here. But uh, this would be something. So, yeah, Secret Society of Supervillains. I think Jerry Conway's the writer and Dick Ayers is the artist. So, that Jerry Conway did a lot of stuff, man. <laughs> It's giving Roy Thomas a run for his money. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Sorry, right, there it is. That's next week on the big show. Uh, thanks once again for uh, liking and subscribing on YouTube and uh, for listening to this nonsense every week. And thank you, Jank, for finding Slash Maraud. <laughs> yeah. Now that we're uh, experienced Slash Maraud, would you say you're a fuzz licker? Does that mean we're fuzz lickers that we like Slash Maraud? <laughs> Ooh. Um. <laughs> I guess so. I'm just change my bio on uh, Facebook. <laughs> oh, fuzz licker. All right. So until next week, yeah, fuzz don't, don't get any jank on you. <laughs>